In today's episode, Dave interviews actor Parvish Gina. Parvish has starred in NBC's Outsourced, appeared in Hot in Cleveland, and is on the new season of Arrested Development on Netflix. On location at the LA Comedy Improv Fest, I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. People who have kids, I don't, I don't know how that works. I mean, I know how that works. I know how people have kids. Never, you don't have any children. No, I don't have kids, my brother doesn't have kids, and my sister doesn't have kids. Is it just the three siblings? Yeah. And how, do your, like, how are your parents about that? My mom couldn't care less. Really? The way that she sees it is the way that she sees, is this still on, is this on? Are we happening? The way that she sees it is the way that she sees about being Jewish. She just fucking doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, I could not see my mom going, I really want you to have grandchildren. Like, really? I have, there's the issue, there's the element of the gay aspect with me where like, I don't, I think my mom wants it, but I think she wanted it the traditional way mm -hmm. versus how I would do it now being, and she knows and loves my boyfriend of three years. Three right? years. Comes over to the house in Naperville all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, has met my grandma right. visiting from India. So it's, we're past that, but then there's still always these little, Humps, these little like stuff that we do pull back from us, like from the past. Who's we? I think people in general, Who's specifically people? my mom, my okay. family. Like we're like even my own like internalized like little homophobia at times, where like I don't want to <laughs> hold hands with Gregory right. outside of like WeHo sometimes, or right. unless I was tipsy. Versus now like big kisses on the street here in Hollywood because he's going for ten days to Australia. Right. See, isn't that interesting that that when it comes to your your passion trumps all that. Mm. Where you go, you know what, fuck all that. My passion trumps all that. Maturity helps too. But, oh, but also culture helps too. Sure, you the culture I mean? that we live in now. Well, the culture that we live in now, certainly. And, the, and, and who said it? I don't know if it was you, but someone else said it. Maybe Kevin Doyle. No, not Kevin Doyle. Uh, Jimmy Doyle. Uh-huh. Jimmy Doyle. Do you know Jimmy? No, I don't. Okay. Jimmy Doyle, um, a, 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 a gay man that I know, he was talking about something that happened and he said, it, it's like I, when I was a kid, this would be science fiction. Sure. Where you go, I, that, that, I, like, this is happening? Right. What's happening? The this idea happening? even of like, for me it was even like, the, I, it was more probable that I would have a child, but not have a partner. Right. Because that was right. my own issues. Or right. like, oh, I don't know, I could see myself, sex should be this private, dirty, after, you know how there's so much alcohol and bar culture surrounded gay culture right, right now? Right, And I guess like Coors and Budweiser, they, you look back at like Harvey Milk era, they knew right. like, oh, but we, they need to drink too. Right. Every, we all drink the same. Right. Like that kind of stuff, right. you know? Right, And so they provided that, but so there was that Who's aspect. That? You're saying uh, uh, Budweiser and all that. Is yeah, that like or right. the corporations. There's, right. you know, the, the, there's certain ones that when they're based on family values, they could say no gays. No blacks, no Jews. Right. But the ones that already are dealing with the bud, I think the beer alcohol companies are already having to say no to. Um, they're already. They're never going to win the Mormon or the Christian <laughs> right. right anyway. Right. So like they're right. Like, we might as well embrace all the heathens. Right. You know. And I think that's also an interesting thing because when you think about just being an artist and looking at the world and going, you know what? The world sees me as a fucked up person anyway, so I might as well embrace all these things that are coming at me and, 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 and be as inspired as I can from all that stuff. I don't know if I'm making much sense. No, totally, because we joke, don't you ever joke like, I used to think about this too, about like I could have my own parade. You know, like gay pride is coming up here mm -hmm. in LA and other cities. Like I have never been to 
Pride, by the way. I always mm -hmm. went to market days on, on Halstead in Chicago. Right. Because it was a festival. Right. And I know how gay prides have now become festivals, right. but now I have this thing where like, well, no, I'm not Well, a parade is like people really getting all decked out. Yeah, but I'm so short, I can never see the parade unless I'm like, had camped I, out in you front. You know what, why are you on the sidelines of a fucking parade? You gotta be in the parade. Yeah, but like, you I'm know, talking about- a float? But I don't, I guess I, I don't want the attention that way. Well, I, I don't I'd know rather have you. it on stage. I don't the way that I look at it fleeting. is when, I, I don't like, and this always bugged Jen Winters, I don't like Halloween. And why? I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because when I was at Second City, I dressed up every fucking day. Okay. Every day I dressed up. Every set I dressed up. I put costumes on every day. In terms of like, your work, or do you mean like as Dave Rosowski, the teacher, coach? No, 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 no. When I was, at, I'm sorry. When I was at Second City as an actor. Oh, okay, good. When I was an actor, you, you understand like how like my friends who are teachers say like I act. My friends who were actors right. say like I act every day. Right. In front of their kids. Right. No, so that's what I thought you meant. Like no, you no, wore no. a costume as the teacher, director costume. <laughs> right, I'm right. like Dave. I, I mean, I, 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 I don't like getting dressed up for Halloween because mm. I feel like. It's no big deal for me. And maybe, you know, that's cynical. I've never enjoyed it. No, I, I do. I feel like I do every, it used to be every other year. Like one year was like, yay, big Halloween. Next year I'm like, I'm okay. One year big. And now it's become like, yes, one year big. And then the next two years I don't do anything. Right. I went to Chicago one year, Halloween, visit family. And I was the guy. I, gave, I didn't even see friends in the city proper. Oh. I just stayed in the suburbs and- You were the candy, candy the, can, the candy. Uh -huh. Yeah. That's how I feel about New Year's Eve now sometimes. Like, I don't, I go out every other day. Why does this have to be the day where I have to compete with everyone else? I also believe out? though that when it comes to New Year's, because I love, I love a celebration. So when it comes to New Year's Eve, I don't have to do the standard thing that everybody no. else does. We don't what have to go I like to that to thing it, where we spend a hundred bucks or What something. I fucking love doing is going is, is firing up the grill, going in the backyard and making lobster tail uh -huh. and making baked potatoes and having champagne yeah. and the next morning doing that but celebrating in the, oh, in the way that I can celebrate. Do you know what we've been doing a lot lately, especially because we're always in Chicago? I make Gregory come to Chicago for New Year's because there's something pretty about being is in Chicago, a city. Chicago, Elk Grove Village, is that Chicago? Elk Grove Village is a suburb of Chicago. I know it is, but when you say Chicago, do you mean Naperville. the city? Naperville. I mean, Naperville. I mean both. Right. I, I call it, so like I call, I used to call like Chicago home and then I call my mom's like home home. Right. Like, and then like when I'm in this, when I'm in Chicago land, right. we want to encompass the whole area. <laughs> I call it going to the city. Right. Going to stay with like friends who live in like Lincoln Park, Lakeview proper. Right. Going to like shows at Chicago Shakespeare, Looking Glass, and then being in the burb, being back in Naperville at mom's. So burb life is also just like eating at home, home cooked food, slow. When we're in the city, it's like cabs and bars and Giordano's at you know at eleven oh, shut p.m. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Giordano's or Lumelnati's for Lumelnati's, you? but really? Also, no, no, wait! I'm a Giordano's. Wait, wait, wait! only because my family loves it. Giordano's. Because if I you was like given it? the choice, yeah. Did you ever Giordano's get the choice? Um, no, because part of it is me enjoying going to Chicago and celebrating that world and celebrating all that, like being with my family mm -hmm. and you know we'd get the same thing. But we also got, there's a place in uh, Rogers Park called uh, Candlelight. And they have thin crust. And I go to the thin crust, and sure. it's just a matter of going neighborhood joint and hanging yeah. out in the neighborhood joint and celebrating that. Because I, I gotta tell you, something about, I was just in Chicago for, for, for a, a you know, week and a half or something, a week, maybe a week. Yeah, I haven't and been back since Christmas. It's, a, it's such, there's so much art and culture mm -hmm. going on there. And it just seems like. Well, you also get into it because that city, as metropolitan urban centers that have a better, even though like our transit is getting better here in LA, 
when you are when you just go block by block into another neighborhood into your work you know how we're separated by commercial residential right Melrose is your street with all the shops but people live on those residential streets right. we don't live above anything here no because no. of earthquakes I think from back in the 20s I mean, the that's my opinion of like right. why we don't have high-rises up until the Japanese and the other Pacific Rim countries figured out how to make the buildings that move Got it. <laughs> but here it was already established and right. people aren't gonna like I'm not tearing down my million dollar two flat to make to let you build a six flat eight story over restaurants and stores yeah Chicago we stumble upon art street art work theater improv community improv theater community you know how someone is like what's who is a TJ and Dave right Pasquese does um, a friend saw him do um, I was the Yasmina Reza with James Gandolfini, originally oh, ca- 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 God of Carnage. Carnage. Right. So he does right. that, and right. then he does his improv. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it, you can traverse the worlds easier there. Um, you do you you don't do theater anymore, do you? I actually do. I try to get to do a play at least a, every year. Uh-huh. And around this time, this is my third year in a row. I'm in rehearsals right now with John Farley. Uh huh. We're doing the Young Playwrights Festival over at the Blank Theater. Which is Daniel Hennig uh-huh. is the artistic director, and Noah Wiley's the producer. Right, he's, right, this, right. His theater. Right down the street. Yeah, they're kind of. they're right, the second right. stage on Santa Monica, and they do a lot of shows at the Stella Adler here on Hollywood uh-huh. Boulevard. Uh-huh. And they do nineteen or eighteen years and younger. If you are a kid, you can submit to this. It's going into its twenty-first year. So I've had the pleasure of being in its nineteenth, twentieth, and now twenty-first year. And you do plays. You honor them. Treat them as playwrights. It's kind of like Story Pirates. We just had dinner with our friends Zoe. Jarman and Duke Doyle, and Duke is, they're both members of the Story Pirates, which uh-huh. is New York and LA, where they do children's written stuff, like mm-hmm. the young authors, everything, and they honor it, treat it like how we do an improv. We treat it seriously. We're not joking and commenting on this fifth grade kid's stupid thing. Right. No, this is the script. I, the honor, the idea so that's of my honor, theater. That's my theater thing every I, year. I love it. That's awesome. And the idea of honoring something. Yeah. Because right now I'm. Uh, I'm reading this book called uh, uh, Search Inside Yourself, and I've talked about it before in the podcast. Search Inside and, Yourself. And, it's, and it sounds corny until you realize that Who's the guy that it? wrote it, his name is Chang, Chang Tan Mead. And he is, he has a, he has a... Chinese? Something, I don't know where, where he's from, but I know that he runs this program at Google. So Search Inside Yourself is, it's kind of Sure, cute, right? great, so yeah, I like the double It's about contract. him, he's teaching all these engineers mindfulness and awareness and awakeness and all that stuff. And he mentioned today something that, that, that made me write this down, and it was the idea of honoring something, the idea of recognizing something, the idea that I have this glass in my hand, yes. I have this glass in my hand. The script that, the, that these young people are writing, this is the script that they have. Right. And because they're doing it, I get to hold on to it and honor it. And right. when I honor it, I get to focus in on it. And I think that we live in a society, and I'm guilty of this as well, the idea of there's a thousand fucking things going on in the world. Oh, sure. But when I'm aware that I'm holding this phone in my hand, and I'm holding this, and you're in front of me, and you're touching my leg, right. and all that stuff, and you got a nice crisp shirt yeah it was like, pressed you have it pressed and all like feeling all of that being aware of all that I get to be alive in a way that I'm never alive present in the al- moment present in the moment and mindful well Dave that I think you hit on two big things that I always remember from when you were my coach and teacher is that that presence and that moment this is it like how we had like the no phones off the phones off mm-hmm. thing you know because it was the cusp of 
smartphone the revolution where right. we all had it. Right. And like, yes, there was a little bit of like lenience for like work and everything, but we were constantly, you know, you, I saw an ad today at the doctor's, eye doctor's office about there's a PSA ad by LA Department of Transportation about the girl walking into the street on her phone and almost getting hit. It's the thing of like, be aware of your surroundings. Right. We have to give PSAs to tell you to be aware of your surroundings so I you're not in it. your phone. Right. And um, there's another thing you said about the presence. And then honor. We are so, you and I, we used to talk about a lot when we were doing the group right. at Second City here in LA, that I got tired of the glibness and the sarcasm. And it's funny sometimes and it has its place and we all do it. It's not saying that not to ever do this kind of comedy or style, but glib for glib's sake, sarcasm for sarcasm's sake, because I can piss on your thing, your earnest, honest thing. That's awesome. And get the, uh, get the joke by that. I right. always think of it as the Joan Rivers joke, uh -huh. because what history I know of Second City, how people didn't want to perform with her anymore, because she would, and I respect her. I really do. I saw her documentary, and I was like, wow, the mania that drives her right. has given her her career. Right. Why she opens up the calendar and looks four months in advance, and she's like, this is what scares me. No dates, no bookings, no appearances. Right. And I'm like, oh God, I think about that sometimes too. Obviously not at her level to shit on everyone in her life to get to that. <laughs> but I remember the stories of like how people wouldn't want to go on stage with her because she's like, you're just going to shit on us. You're going to do your own joke. You're right. going to get the easy joke and everything. Uh -huh. So I think about that with sarcasm and glibness, where that kind of actor, improviser would not know that honor. That is the difference, I think, where someone would be like reading this five-year-old or eight-year-old Farley and I are doing Wear Socks. It's a nine-year-old who wrote a play about a dirty sock who's been left in the hamper or in the laundry room, and mm. I'm the clean sock who falls and is getting, we're lost. Right. And everything. And we are treating it like it is Hamlet, Othello. We are, it is, we're imbibing it, imbuing it with right. so much yeah. pathos and right. everything. Because otherwise, one, it is funny and like that. But if one of us just was like to be like, whatever, this sucks. We would be awful, and it would be, and I. But people would do that, and I'm so tired of that. I, I think that that it's all like the more I, the more work I do about, uh, it's it's all about fear. It's everything's about fear, and anything that you're you're pissing on, you're pissing on it because you're in some way you you're fearing it. Like I was thinking about, uh, the, I've, I've taken pictures while I'm up here, yes, and I'm, I'm hunched over, and I remember telling my dad, sit up the fuck straight. Sit up straight, you 80-year-old man. Yeah. And you know, I love my as dad. As soon as you said it, I immediately rolled right, my shoulders right, back and, and everything. I, just because right, exactly. I'm like, I felt admonished. So when I'm, just a reminder. when I'm yelling at my dad, I'm yelling at me. It's a finger thing. You point your one finger out, we have three or four pointing back at exactly. us. Exactly. I only, if you notice this too, like I only gave notes to other people, not purposely, but just like, it's just like when you have the hindsight of it, of the day, all the notes I gave to other people and from improv to theater to, and to friends to like how they cook or what they're doing in, in their life, I'm too opinionated. It's because it's just reminders to myself. Right. You and really I, should cook your own food because I can't cook and I want to know how to cook and everything. Right. Instead of like, Gregory's gone, I'm gonna be getting Taco Bell to vegan glory, you know, the gamut right. this week. Right, right, and you right. Criticize, I criticize other people like, in terms of pacing, bits, anything, but they have what to I do. know that you. The interesting thing, because when you tell me that, I'm able to go. At the moment that you tell me that, I, I think Parvesh is telling me that. So the one part. Well, I'm just let's just say this. Please. Parvesh is telling me this because Par, that's going to give me an insight of when Parvesh is telling me that. I know that at that moment 
He's also telling himself that. Don't you think we always are? No, I do, but I think a lot of I, people that are receiving that are going, fuck you, what's your fucking yeah. problem? And then there's also two parts. One, I think a more experienced, better teacher like yourself would has the sense to know what to criticize that is not just the Dave Rosowski's. Right. Dave Rosowski-isms. I'm not there yet. I can only criticize what I know I can do and mm -hmm. don't do. Um, I think a better teacher knows what is within their limitations and other people's and can recognize both. Um, the other thing too is my friend Libby and I always talked about this. Libby's one of my great friends from, I went to University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, right. freshman year before I transferred to Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. Because coming from Naperville, a suburb, I'm like, I had my year away from my family and then I'm like, oh shit, everyone else who's in school at DePaul, Northwestern, Columbia, Roosevelt are auditioning for like right. commercials and everything. Oh, I Especially see. Being 18, 19, right. And I was right. envious. Right. Come February, I was like, I'm transferring. Right. But Libby's still one of my good friends from U of I. Did she, I meet her? I think so. She's a big buxom blonde. Yeah, from yeah, Elmer's. I think I met her. Bold as brass. Yeah. And she's got um, a, a brand new baby girl and everything. She's in Chicago. And she was a theater major, though, at U of I originally. And she would always say this to me. If I don't like you, I'm not giving you any notes. If I don't like you, I'm not saying anything. Right. You're up there giving, doing your scene and scene study, and, any, and the teacher has any notes, I'm quiet. If I like you, I've got a list three pages long. Right. And I'm like, and then she would say like, and some of my friends would be like, Libby, why are you on my ass? And she's like, because I love you. Right. I don't like that person, I ain't saying shit. <laughs> Same with me, like someone like, what did you think about that? Great. And if a friend, and it's a friend, but then I'm like, right, a page. Right, right But I, right. I do, I am my friends, some of my friends, Sonal and Jaya, right. get mad at me, still to this day. We had like a lunch at Galanga, Thai Fusion. Galanga, oh, Isn't that the I best? Love Galanga, I love that place. I sometimes it's get on, nervous uh, that uh, like. Santa Monica and. Vista. Yes, Vista. My, right next to the In-N-Out? Yes. Or Fat oh, Burger. Fat Burger. My old, I remember telling all of us at the group, and like that is like, I feel like, Still, remember when it used to be four ninety five lunch? Yeah. And now it's five ninety five. Right. But like we tip, oh my we God, tip twenty five percent. People there too. So the kind. So good. Oh the my best Thai in WeHo in part. What there's is LA? A, uh, there's a Galanga in New York City. Really? It's a different Galanga. It has to be. But it's the same. But you know, I, I remember, we should figure out what Galanga means. Uh, we, uh, the woman told us because Jen and I went went to New York together, and and, and the woman told us, but it didn't matter. Mm. But I want to go back to the idea of, 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 of a teacher giving notes and, and how we give notes and the idea that um, I am giving you notes not to make myself feel better right. and not to raise myself up in any way, but I'm giving you notes because my notes to you are also notes to me. Always. And I have to know coming in that this is not about my ego and it's not about your ego and it's not about fucking ego at all. But I feel like you have that sense now, I think. Well, I have that sense I do, now. I, do, I haven't been able to transvert, trans. I don't believe Make that, that journey yet. I don't believe because that. Because I still, I just noticed, I still, I taught a workshop for improv and sitcom acting, and I, and I even gave the disclaimer. I said, like, right now, this is what's working for me. Mm -hmm. This, I can, and I'm telling you, like, right. you can tell me to f off, but right. right now, this is my method. Right. And I'm not there yet. You to realize, like, of course, you never have to say that again. Well, yeah, but no, I just, you don't. But I wanted to at that moment because, like, it's Why? also my first time teaching something right. in official nobody capacity. Needs to know that. But nobody fucking needs to know that. But I think that's almost understood too. If I'm coming to your class, you're a maven to me, and I don't need for you to um, to to to, to um, gauge it in any way. And you know what? Because <laughs> I'm, also, I think further is the thing is that when we take a Dave Rosowski class, we already know we're getting 
of course, in Rosowskiism. But you know what? There's also the time where I wasn't, where Dave Rosowski was just a guy. Sure. You know? Oh, but like Stanislavski was just a guy. Right. Or, or Del Close Steve was, just, was a guy. just a guy. You know? for, for you, Parvez Chino was just a guy. You know, but you're walking around and now you, you you're in a, I, I don't know what it's, and it's not, it's only interesting because you know, anecdotally, but I don't know, like I know you because I know you. Yeah. And I know all these other people. For I know years, them. since like 06. Right. So I know you for that amount of time, but there are people right now that are looking at it going, oh, that's him, I think that's him. Oh yeah, right? but like, I, I still like live in this peripheral world where I don't know that. I totally that. understand that, I get it. And the reason I'm saying that to you is we're all living this life inside of our head. And so when, what I've realized is when I teach a class, I, I don't, and people could go, oh, that's a Dave Rosowskiism. Right. But for me, it's just a, something that I'm feeling. Sure. I don't have to, I, I don't have to, to um, apologize for myself. Right. And you're right. I, and I agree with that now. Thinking about like, you're right. We don't have to apologize. Cause, and I think there's also this greater thing like, why we go to any teacher? Why some teachers like have become so revered like Uta Hagen right. and, uh, over the time. Like Jerzy Grotowski was one of my right. favorite because I love the physical aspect oh, of oh, oh. what Bio they talk about his work. Of all that shit. That's Let alone now, stuff. like even like still Alex, Alexander Billings right. is one of mine. I still grew up so much. And we talk about her a lot. With the viewpoints and everything. Yeah, yeah but also her passion. Sure. She's crazy motherfucking passion. But she is that guru to me in that regard. But she's a girl also. I'm going to stop. No, go, go, go. Jump in. She's a girl also because of her unfucking believable story, her courage, yes. her bravery, her life, and we all have that. And I'm looking at the work that you're doing right now, and I'm going, and I've and I, I watched your, your reel, and I've seen you in shows before, and on TV, and I'm going, look the fucking yeah. joy that you bring that you don't have to apologize for. Yeah, and, it's, and thank you, like, again, because you've seen me do week after week, when I'm like, Dave, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. What are we doing in class? I'm still doing, and I still, to this day, my fallback is still suburban moms. I do love, <laughs> but I also love, like, I love that you also let us do, especially in the group, we, uh, you, we got to do low status and everything, because we forget that sometimes this is such, um, Improv, it's a young art, right. and it can still be so male-dominated, white guy, right. not with any racial thing. It's just like when you just look at the statistics out there, it's still a 90% white guy performing right. thing. Right. And I mean white guy even in the sense of like, and I'm using the term white guy in terms of like, the frat guys who did a little improv in college, that's right. where they're you into girls. You see it girls. up here all the time, you're gonna see it up here on and the And they're stage always right? the presidents, they're always the bosses, CEOs. Why aren't they ever playing the secretary right. or like this and that? And I like the freedom, like, and I remember seeing that, like, I don't want to compete with the eight other guys who are trying to be the boss. I'm going to be the best yes man I can and get under everybody and be the one that's different and get the laugh. Because sometimes it is about, like, you get the laugh. Not that we should always have the audience on our side. Right. But in this kind of art, I think especially with stage and how our improv lends itself to comedy, mm -hmm. even though I love when that improv goes dark and scary and goes to the heart even. Right. I'll always remember this one Sarah G and Dave Hill scene in King 10 where they just ended, it was like the dance, it was a love, like, you know, and you kind of knew where it was going even in the first beat of the Herald, but by the end, they did it. They did, they got to that school or loving dance or whatever it was even 40 years later as senior citizens, and they did the fucking dance. The spotlight came to zero on them. Right. As it should have. Right. No big guffaw, no, she didn't make a fart joke, she didn't say, and my, and my, and my, Tits are sagging. It was just that emotional. Well, moment. what is it that brought that brought Sarah 
and brought Dave Hill, because they're both very good. Mm -hmm. What is it that, that allowed them to get to that point? I think the maturity of their group that they were with. Right. And also that they can easily do those singers. I think it's harder, and I think it must be more satisfying to them to go there, to go I, to that harder place. I think it's all trust. I, and at the foundation of every fucking thing that we do is trust. And because I'm not going to get on stage and feel like I can be vulnerable if I don't think that you're going to fuck, if I think that you're going to fuck me over in yeah. some way, if I don't trust you, I can't do that. And I don't even think that that, that person trying to fuck the other person is even malicious. No, it's I not. Think it's, it's their own fear. That's their fear. And the yeah. base of all this shit is just fear. Sure. So when I, again, going back to you and your journey and watching you in that Bollywood dance that you did, oh, um, yeah. that was just so fucking joyful. And, and when this when this comes out, I'm going to post a, a link to your... To your oh, um, sure, please. But there's that... They're like watching you dance and seeing you out there, and 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 and, and it's inspiring, man. And I got to trust my that choreographer, right, Fred Talixson, who was Madonna. Okay, you want to say whatever the fuck you want to say about these fine people, but no, I also like, want to say this. But like you said about trust, like I felt so supported in that, right, in a network show that you wouldn't I think about. I am saying it. you that came to you, yeah, because everyone trusted you mm. because you trusted you, and because you've always been there for you. And Do the you show and the showrunner Robert Borden, right, still a good friend, right. We go to lunch and everything, right. He said like we weren't even sure sure that you could even like dance like that. Right. Not everyone knows like you go to mu if you don't do musicals, right. but you had that musical theater degree, right? And actually, I used to even consider myself like I thought it was a, I thought my acting was the best. Uh -huh. That my dancing was even better than my singing. <laughs> I'm a character voice character right. singer. Right. I'm actually doing a musical next month in New York, at Powerhouse Theater New York Stage and Film Workshop, at Vassar in Poughkeepsie, New York. Okay. My friend Hunter Bell. I know through Gregory. Hunter is a Tony nominated, maybe he won, I forget, sorry Hunter, uh, Tony nominated uh, book writer for Title of Show, which was uh -huh. that musical about right. the four, the two guys putting on a musical. Right. And he also has since then. What did he do for that? He wrote the book. He wrote and the book. he also started Jesus it. Jesus Christ. And he started it. Uh -huh. So he, they. It was his, his idea. He and Jeff, his, uh, Jeff Still, his a writing partner, Jeff did the music, Hunter did the book and lyrics. I know somebody else named Jeff Steele, but it's not the same Jeff Steele. No, I think it's Step different. Actor. Great. Yes, I know who you're talking about. Right. Little guy? Yeah. Little shorter, older? Well, little shorter, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know yeah, Jeff. Because yeah. he did a lot of Chicago Shakespeare. God, so and a beautiful great. voice, too. Great voice. Yeah. Great voice. I saw him in August Osage County. Did oh, you wow. see that? Of course. But I saw the tour. I missed the original because when what I went back to tour? Chicago. When you saw the tour. What do you mean the tour? I saw the tour in terms of I saw the Estelle who Parsons. Was it? Yeah, that's what and, I saw. But too. also with Shannon. No, who's the Seven Wolf Classes West teacher? Uh, Shannon Cochran? Yeah. I saw it with I saw it with Amy Morton on Broadway. No, I didn't. Because well, I, I saw it with Amy, but I also saw, I didn't see it with uh, I saw it with Amy Morton herself. But not Deanna Dunnigan. No, and I did not see it with uh, even Jeff Perry. Yeah. Wow. But and you know I what? Missed that it was still I went, I went, But I went to Chicago, and that was like that one where like when you see the schedule ahead of time, you're like, oh, boring. But was it? Right? And then you get there, and you're like, every, it's all sold out. It's the show to see, and I'm like, shit. But it was, it. it was one of the most beautiful fucking things I've ever yeah, seen. I loved it. You know. So anyway, did Jeff you see Still, the tra did you see the trailer for the the movie? movie? No, I haven't seen it. Not gonna it have looks to see. good. Well, look at the, all the people. The in trailer it. looks a little like they're trying to make it a little lighter. Uh huh. Because I get it. It's a trailer. Right. But for us who know the show, right. No, they're kind of going. Julia Roberts. Right. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Of course, she's gonna be good. Right. But Julia Roberts, I'm like, all right, I can't wait to see this. In the in really. 
the Amy Morton part of this, I talked about it before, I talked about it with, with Jeff Perry uh, when we did the podcast. At the end of that second act where Amy Morton says whatever it was. I'm in saying, charge Yes, now. right? That moment end there. End of the like, second act. There are times in a person's life, whether and, and that transcended, that's like part of my life. Uh-huh. Do you understand? Yeah, it's everyone remembers theater. that. You remember that, but it was also, I remember that as if it were my life. Sure. And when theater does that for you, that's what life is all about. But if those fuckers didn't trust themselves and the director didn't trust them and Tracy right. Letts didn't trust them, and well, Tracy Letts who wrote the play, mm-hmm. if nobody trusted anybody, because all theater is just about trust. Right. All relationship is about trust. Well, there's also trust from our audience who Clearly. us too. But they're, they're coming in to watch us trust ourselves. Yeah. And to look at it and go, God damn it, I couldn't do that. Ron West did give me, if I can say one thing about myself, he gave me one of the best compliments. Actually, his musical writing partner, Phil Swan, when yes. they, they did the fire, Who Killed Romeo and Juliet, right. fire, Trial right. of Fire right. Lawrence, and I got to do their Delirious, mm-hmm. which is the last musical I did, like in 08 at Open Fist Theater, uh-huh. which was like kind of the King Lear slash also Shakespeare writing the King James Bible, doing the punch-up kind of. <laughs> and Phil gave me the nicest comment, because Phil was the piano, as well as the composer was also in it and played piano for it, and he just said, that when you come on, the audience kind of breathes, right. relaxes. They're like, okay, what we're fine that? now. What do you think that is? I don't know. Yes, I, I'm, you do. I'm grateful to it because you, it's you I trust. think it's listening to. Punching the fuck I don't right punch now. me. Like, but it's like a list. I feel like I hope I'm listening to them and knowing like what, without betraying the story, because here's my thing where you can go too far with in, in, uh, take, not taking advantage of that trust, where like we always want to please the audience. And I'm very, this is my improv too, is as well as like a lot of my acting is like, I wanna be the good guy. I wanna be liked. I, I want, I, and I like I to be likable My characters. intention is not to please the audience. Yeah. That's not my intention. But I think my that I, confi- I haven't partner. been able to confuse, I've been able, I haven't been able to trust myself yet to do something that's dangerous or like an evil, vile character and still know that the audience will trust that I'm doing a good performance, but knowing that they're not gonna be, oh, we like him because he's playing a good guy, good character. You, I see that. I like playing is, a good guy. But your life and your art is all about pushing through, hasn't it been? You, you like, like, like there are obstacles that you've had in your life that you've, that you, the normal person would go, I, I can't take it. Uh-huh. But you've taken that next step. You've taken that next step. You've taken that next step, haven't you? I think because my, either because of my ethnicity, my characterness, you right. know. Um, even the sexuality aspect, that's, which has been kind of, I've been fortunate being a character actor where it's not a focus, you know, it's not a priority right. in terms of what I get cast in. Mm-hmm. But at the same flip, like I get to, I generally get cast as like non-sexualized characters, the asexual, the eunuch in a sense, who like, <laughs> we don't ever wonder about what that character's love life is. Right. And I remember right. like one of the first things like that Steve Scott and Ted Hurl, Steve Scott teaches at the Goodman, at, it was a Goodman Artistic Associate back in Chicago, and both he and his partner Ted taught at Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. And they always said that the first thing I need to know is how does my character have sex? So that's always like one of the first things I wow, think about. Wow, 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 you wow, know? wow. I never, ever sex think about Sex and that. violence. Right. You know, I don't think about that. Sex and violence. If you th- think about the base things of what, again, this is like that, that pre-character stuff that we always have to do, the homework right. when we have stage. That nobody ever but now try it like even in your improv, like even I'm playing like this lonely secretary, how does she have sex? Tied up or neat and vanilla and missionary? You know, it's just an idea of I that. never ever think about those sort of yeah, things. Yeah, he always said, and I, so it's funny to me like even like the characters I play, I haven't had to worry about my own personal sexuality, uh-huh. which is good, we shouldn't. We shouldn't know what Dave Rosowski 
personally is how his sex life is. Right. But we need to know what that character's sex life is. Or we get to at least open up. Or at least the character needs to know. Right. Well, again, I, you know, I, maybe I'll think about it now, yeah. but I never think about it. But what I will think about is if I'm in a scene with you, I might think, do I want to fuck you? Or do I want to fight him? Right. It's right. A major thing that I and I think I've said this before. Violence. Like when I'm in a scene with somebody, my focus really is how can I kiss that person. Uh-huh. That's always what I think about. Like how can I? I'm not going to make it make out with that person, but my intention is I wonder if I can kiss that person. Sure. Now is that like this? Do you think that's underlying maybe part of the same kind of sex thing, or is it just like are you saying like as like a little joke or play? No, like, no, 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 no. For me, it's it's along the lines of I love everybody that I'm in a scene with. Sure. And I'm not going to fight with you. Um, my intention is not to fight with you. Right. But my intention, if my intention is not to fight with you, what is my intention? Because um, you kiss. can't not intention. Yeah. But I can intention. My intention is how can we resolve this so you and I can kiss? Yeah. And when we do that, what ends up happening is because at the, at the base of everything is we are here to be happy. And the audience is one watching us thinking, are these people going to be happy? Or are these people not going to be happy? In terms of like a resolution. Exactly. And when we don't resolve the happiness, it keeps us watching it. Because when we do resolve the happiness and they live happily ever after, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? As opposed to, and they live happily ever after until the knock on the door. It's like, yes. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, we would never ever get true resolution sometimes. But I think that, that I, for me... It's always like, this is the resolution for this moment. Right. What's the next day going to be love like? Love that. Love that. Because it's all about the moment. Yeah. And when you solve the problem, you're fucked. Yeah. I don't think we ever there's ever true resolution in life. Because one life ends, that still other people have to live around it. I always am fascinated like, how funerals and eulogies and the way we treat death, as Americans, as people in general, it's all about the living. Right. It's not for the dead. It's said for the dead, but it's all about those around it. Uh, now, what's, wh- what were you raised? I was raised, so um, I'm Indian, right. of eth- Indian ethnic origin. Right. So my parents are from India, and right. we are of the religion of Sikh, Sikhism. Uh-huh. But what happens in death with death? Like in India, p- what do they do? They do it is the cremation. cremation. Right. My grandfather so, just passed away in June. Long life, 93. They knew it was coming. Over there? Yeah, and I went back and I was there in the room when he passed away and everything. What was that like? F- fascinating, because I, I think that they were like the people who kind of wanted to, and we did the, I did the chest compressions for a moment, and they had like the person, you know, there's so much service labor there that they had the person from the hospital who my uncle was just kind of paying uh-huh. to be someone on the side, on, on part-time. Right. They had someone stay the night in the room and everything. Uh-huh. But then there's this element too that I was just like, just let go. Just like, why are we? Why are they keeping you in this moment where you're already not vegetative, but like, just, right. just like, it's fine. This is the moment. Pass. Listen to what you're saying. The idea of surrender. The idea of let go. You are ready to yeah. take that on. That. Next why are we thing. trying to keep you alive? Because is that what we're supposed to do? Right. But what point? What is? What kind of life are you living alive? And and when you watch, because you watched your grandfather surrender that spirit, yeah. right? And when you watch somebody, and I mentioned this before recently, because uh, uh, somebody's talking about uh, watching Dell die. So the idea of when you surrender that and you watch this spirit leave this, this body uh-huh. and, and you realize we're not a body. We're the spirit within yeah. that body. And when we're improvising on stage, what, when, we're, when we're improvising, when we're acting, when we're doing whatever, it's, especially stage work, 
our bodies are emotional delivery systems. Sure. So when I walk over to you at a certain tempo, yeah. because my body is telling you, I am telling you something in that movement over there. Does that make sense? Yeah, did you so, ever see Temple Grandin? movie? Um, no, I haven't. It is one of the best movies ever. Like, there's been this rare thing re recently where, like, I think sometimes the cable HBO movies are the better movies than anything that was mm -hmm. in theaters. There's this moment where she deals with death of, like, her mentor. Mm -hmm. And she goes to the funeral, and she said, she looks at the body and just leaves. And she said, like, and her mom is like, what are you doing? Respect. She's like, he, I already said goodbye. That's not him. Right. He's not there. Right. And she knew that, like in her, like you know, the autism and everything. She's like, "Oh no, I already said goodbye. He's not, he's not there now." Something that's just happened. That's just the husk. That's what just, you just not, said, that's not the life. That's so awesome because what you just said brought. So, were you a student when we put my dog down? No, but I remember. Okay, fine. So Katie, my ex-wife, was in Lithuania, mm -hmm. and the dog was getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And I said to her. She's in Lithuania before mm -hmm. the days of cell phones and there was sure. email. And I was trying to get in touch with her and I was trying to phone her and everything like that. And I couldn't get in touch what with her. What year was this? I, I can't remember. I can't remember. But uh, 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 she, this is very interesting, because she eventually got back to me and said, uh, got left a message saying, if this is about Shira dying, I've already said my goodbye. Interesting. And I, and I did not get it until this fucking moment. Did you think that at that time she was? Cold. Cold. I thought she was cold. And I think that's what that mother said, felt that way too about right. Temple, Temple Grand in that moment. Like, right. What, even just from, because it's about the living. Right. The death is the, the memorial, the tribute, right. the, the grieving is for the living. Right. Temple didn't need to grieve because she's like, I already said goodbye. Right. And what am I going to grieve over said. this? Katie said that. She said that. She said, I've already said goodbye. Yeah. And at that Better moment, say I say goodbye like, when they're alive than versus after. Clearly. I was, my mom was very, because she hadn't made it there to India before me, and I got there, and I, again, like, whatever state that he was in, mm -hmm. even for my own sanity, I'd feel like there was at least, even if it was that involuntary, like, you know how you put someone's hand in your thing, mm -hmm. you automatically kind mm -hmm. of clasp. So I'm going to take it. Right. I'm going to take it as my little, his recognition of me right. the few days before. Right. Who knows? It's all involuntary. Remember when Bill Frist back in like the Bush years was saying Terry Schiavo is alive. Right. I've examined her <laughs> on the camera on on television. What a dick. Man. I know, but it's just like right. the idea like they want to hold on to something. Right. Some people. Right. And I get it, but like it's also sometimes not for you to prolong someone else. I think it, I, a lovely thing about what actors get to do, and I'm going back to that is we get to embody the spirit. And, and, and an audience is not watching us, they're watching our spirit. Uh -huh. And we, again, are exemplifying the energy that is within us. And when we do that, the audience, the audience will know if we're being truthful, if we're, if, like when I watch people up on this stage just fuck around and move around for no fucking reason, mm -hmm. I'm like, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. You don't know that you're here. Do you know what, it's so interesting what you just also said about the not here with the, when people just amble about, right? Then it's always like I always go back and forth with that because to talk about specific craft for a moment, uh -huh. because I get scared like that I'm going to be one of those like talking head improvisers, right? Where I just stand there and everything, but like sometimes like no, this honestly is just cherishing the fact that this character doesn't need to move at this moment. And then there are other times where then I supersede, then I do the 180 where I'm like. 
I should be even more presentational because then there's this aspect to me too where I want to be very theatrical with my improv, where I don't want it to just be a talking head thing and I don't want it to even be a subtle object movement thing. I like those grand moves. I often, I often think of myself sometimes being in like, it's easier for me to do when I do period work, mm -hmm. when I'm like either in my big French Restoration, Madonna Vogue video, <laughs> music video awards, the right. big gown with the bustle, right. or like my Aya kind of like 1940s New England, our town thing, where like that almost just like, I feel like right now I'm in my rocking chair, just right. like with my like, with my gun or with my cat. Do you think and that, that ha and that th informs it more than when I play anything that's modern or in the moment? I feel like we as people like this is about 2008, 2010, 2013, whenever, whatever year, I feel like, oh, I'm a modern person. I'm not supposed to have these movements of these half moons and circles that we take. I believe that there are a lot of people up on stage because for me, if I'm in a scene and somebody says, where have you been? Like, I just walk in. I'm just coming up with that. Where you been? I'm uh -huh. thinking, okay, we're doing 1940s. Uh, and film noir doing. kind right. of thing. Film noir, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. I was like, I was outside with the guy. And someone goes, how'd you get here? I was like, I took a Packard. Ah, uh, Packard? That place has been out of business. Packard's been out of business since 1954. And I'm like, fuck the fuck you. Yeah. But then you know what else? Because I can, you know how we should always spin it? Because I remember playing a pirate once and I tossed it away and I said, because... And because the guy, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know why I did that voice. And Eric Honeycutt, this mm -hmm. Honeycutt class, he said, no, be that pirate in 2008 then. You right. know, like, we should be that. Fuck them, I'm gonna still be that film noir guy right. in 2013, but this is how I talk. But see? I also believe that there are a lot of people that don't think, or, or don't think that they can play that period piece. Ah. And that's my issue is, I just threw that at you and you want to make it now because you probably don't feel confident about your educational uh, your educational inventory sure. in regards to 1940. I do remember, I just have two big flashbacks of Second City Training now. One is you saying you have to be, you have to know a lot of a little thing. Right. You have to know a lot about a little. Right. You need to know, like, if I say atomic bomb, Fermi, Oppenheimer, Manhattan Project, right. Hiroshima, right. Nagasaki, right. Bomb, Hiroshima, right. Hiroshima right. excuse me. And Gregory's working and on an atomic bomb musical. I know. That's where he's gone to Australia. That, I can't friend, believe it. My friend Bo, who works at the Hiroshima Peace Museum, wow. who I went to, to, to uh, Hebrew school with, my dear friend, uh -huh. he's got a friend who's Australian, and I'm wondering if Maybe. those guys know each other. Because it's so funny, his friend right? out there is, is a maven on atomic bomb. Anyway, they so you they end the act one with the goat, you know, like that goat that did the test, right. and they, they're either gonna do a dog because they want to chill the audience, and they're gonna get like the live goat or a dog right. to make it, oh, this is real. Anyway, that was that one where we need to know a lot about a little. You right. said get that encyclopedia of uh, everything right, right, and nothing, right. that's your toilet yeah. read. Right. And then yeah. I always remember one of the best teachers I've had as well. We were very fortunate at Second City those years, um, here in LA especially, because we also get the cream of the crop who come from Chicago, That's the way I feel about out it. here. Right. I feel that Second City. LA teachers are the best Groundling, teachers. Because you also get them on their cusp. Right. You'll get them for a few years. You'll get Gallivan for a few years before right. he starts selling. Jesus Christ. Right? Bless him, you know. God damn it, that's great. But Amy Seeley right. taught my styles and genres class. Right. That I think that was like level three shit. or level right. four. Level I, not IFA, but like level three, level four. Right. And you know, it's the level, that's the class that all the theater majors cream. 
Because like, all right, now I don't have to worry about the rules of agreement and improv. Because look at theater, look right. at Chekhov. It's all questions, it's right. all subtext, <laughs> right? And when right. you tell us, especially in beginning levels, it's like, no, you have to say what you're thinking, you're on the page. Right. And when we get to styles and genres, we're like, Mamet, got it. Right. Right. Oh, right. Sam Peckinpah, got it. Right. You know, like we, right. and you see them thrive. I used to always think of myself, this is why I love my team, Stu, mm -hmm. which is a three man with Brian Coffey oh, and Greg geez. Abbott. Right. Because Greg Abbott is our idea generator. Right. And he's our writer. Right. Honestly, he's our writer. Uh -huh. He writes and he can script. He gives us our text. Uh huh. Um, Brian is our physical guy and so sound physical. guy. I love his one man and show. I'm really in between the two of them. Uh huh. You know, I'm not as, I don't have as much text as Greg. I'm actually the lesser of both of them. I don't have as much text as Greg, and I don't have as much physicality you, as Brian. But you are but the I actor. But I add the emotion. The, right, you're the I, actor and Greg, of those And Brian gives a lot, right. too. But once I know what we're doing, uh -huh. say if we are doing that, that British Victorian, I jump, you right. know, with it. That's where I know where I can leap from. I can't see Greg doing that. But when he does it, it's also fun oh to see God. someone who's opposite but, doing but it. I'm, I'm looking at like, and as much as it is also fun to see then Brian just talk, 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 because he's master of silence too. Right. Or he'll just add a creak. I look door. at all three of you and I go back to what it is that we're talking, what we're talking about earlier, the idea of trust. The idea of trusting your partner, yeah. and the only mistake, and I've said this before on the podcast, the only mistake you make in improvisation is casting. So when you see someone that inspires you, jump the fuck all over that person uh -huh. and grab them, because life is too short for you to argue with these people, yeah. and life is too short for you to, 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 to not trust those people that are yeah. around you. And it's nice with Brian and Greg. We, we, you know how you, improv teams will get to the point where like we don't need to rehearse. Right. Not all of them do, but sometimes you do and you're like, yeah. we're fine. We're really fine now. Right. Because if not, our rehearsal will be the first minute or two of the show. Right, right. You know, not like, again, not to the detriment of the audience, just for us to get like squeaky wheels, and we're off and we're rolling. Right. We're uh, rolling down the hill and we're fine. So that is that moment of, there's that absolute trust, especially. I think that, that in general, People need to recognize the concept of trust. The, to, the idea of do you trust yourself? Do you trust the people that are around you? Because at the, at the end of the day, trust is what it's all about. I go to pavilions because I trust that they're going to have fine products and good prices. Sure. Okay. I go, I, I trust that my friends in Chicago are going to listen to every fucking thing that I'm doing and they help me celebrate my yeah. fucking life. I trust that when I get on stage with you or anybody else that I'm going to get on stage with, that you hear me, that you see me, that you are going to take what I'm saying and run with it. And 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 so much in our lives is all about, well, I got to make the best of a bad situation. I want to go, fuck you, life is too short Yeah, for why that. are you in that situation? Well, the why, I understand what you're, what you're saying, but also very often the why doesn't matter. What matters is you recognize that that's a bad situation. Get the fuck out. Except, get the fuck except out. Except the moments when we can't, like in class. What do you mean or, can't? Sometimes in class, and when you're forced to be with people, sometimes that you are against. I think that this is a very American thing. Sometimes you are forced to be put in situations where you are told, like, oh, this isn't working for me, I don't want to do it. They're like, make the best of it. Right, well, there's that too. I mean, for me, I work Until with you can pick and choose. Because you do learn from working with Douchebag McGee, uh, uh, that, that you do learn, oh. What not order, to do. Well, you learn how to deal with Douchebag McGee. Yeah. That you go, you know what, I'm not gonna control Douchebag McGee, so what I've gotta do is, I've gotta be in response to that, yeah. as opposed to me saying, this scene's <laughs> going to be about this, and then never play again with Douchebag McGee. I did a movie with Sakina Joffrey, 
There's this wonderful Indian American actress whose mother is a big Bollywood actress who's come over. And um, Sakina is in House of Cards mm -hmm. with Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright. Got it. She's the chief of staff for the president, the one who Spacey's always with. And I love it. So great to see Sakina <laughs> just going toe-to-toe nice. -to -toe right. with, with, Kevin with Kevin Spacey. He's right. chewing the scene and she's just waiting. Right. You know, but she's there. She's serving him. And she always says that she was director-proof. And I thought it was like a little ego, egotistic thing to say, but then I got it because she was like, this one director who we're working with was telling her the weirdest, stupidest things. And she was like, okay, I, will, I know what to do for this. I know what to serve the greater whole. Right. Not that she was better than him in this, but her choices, her agreement might have been. And it was just very nice to see like she had learned enough by dealing with enough people, dumb people in a sense, having it done with douchebag McGee, right. where she could still deliver the work in spite of someone else. Right. It was nice. It was, it's actually a thrill to always look at her work in that project that we did. Right. Because she's the best thing in it. Because she didn't, she was, she still listened. She did, you know, she didn't do her own thing, but she just finessed it enough that she would still succeed in the story and her acting. You know, there's that point of both, right? You sometimes there's that ego of the actor wants to look good. I mean, physically as well as what the work you're telling, but right. also honor the story right. and your collaborators too. And it's that rare breed of someone who can do both who can look good while honoring the story that the direction that some director or writer wanted you to I go. I really believe at the end of the day you have to honor that. that yeah. Like you honor that material because once you bring ego into it, yeah. you're fucked. Yeah. Because at that moment, ego has nothing, there's no, and I've said this before, like there's nothing good has ever become, has ever come from a collaboration between ego and inspiration. You're right. Because ego will fuck you up so much instead of going, okay, this is a situation that I haven't dealt with ever. And here's a guy that, I, here's a director, or a woman, a guy, whatever it's going to be, mm -hmm. that I don't agree with this person. So this is what I get to do, to say, this is going to be a moment of my life. It's not going to ruin my right. life. And what I need to do is honor the work that we're doing right now. And I, I think I, I think that's, I'm not, I may, I may be saying it poorly where she, I'm not trying to say like she was like, uh, against what he said, she just handled it with grace. Right, and what and she's doing, she's finesse, receiving yeah. it, she's not pushing against it, because the only source of suffering is non-acceptance. Yeah. She's not no, she fi she person. filtered it right. through like that kaleidoscope that made that gray and murkiness that he was giving into this wonderful rainbow. Right. And I would just always God, remember really being beautiful. so fascinated by like, how you, she could interpret. He was telling her, like this was like a uh, kind of a gay Indian coming out story. It's a true story of a friend of ours who wrote it. Uh, and he, she was playing the mom of said char lead character and coming from Kenya, uh -huh. there's a big Indian community, and over to LA. And he was giving, the director was giving her notes about like Star Wars and Star Trek and you're like a robot. I mean like, I mean honestly it was, it was comical. It was like the worst, th I mean like, but we're not doing a sci-fi thing. I'm the mom of a gay kid who's coming out and you know and everything. So like the notes were awful. You know, it was the flip. It was basically like, then if George Lucas was trying to give Brokeback Mountain notes to Star, <laughs> Star Wars Episode Two, which he might have done. Who knows? It was not that good of a movie. Right. But he, um, so she just, again, I love that she filtered it. She sifted through and found that, you know, like, you know, you're sifting for gold. Right. She found the gold nugget. She found the shiny object. And I, I'm trying to still do that. I'm trying to still sift and find that gold that she was able to do I'm, beautifully. I'm, I don't have a lot of time, but I just, whenever I hear somebody say trying, my first thought is, you're doing, you're not trying. Ah, yes, I suppose. Because you aren't trying anything anymore. 
But I, I like trying. I like. But you're not like, trying. Even when you said you're like. Doing. But even when you said like, if you're on stage with me, I got a little scared and I thought of like, well, I'm gonna try to keep up, Dave. You know, like it's that idea right. of like. And you're right. There's a difference of doing, but like I do like people who try. I like people who are like. What does achieving. trying mean, though, Parvesh? When you say they're, I, they're, I, they didn't give up, right? And they didn't. They're doing. They didn't, oh, you're right. They're doing. They're not trying. So the word trying is the ego word that says, "Well, if I fuck up, at least I tried." Sure. No, you're fucking doing it. Okay. Any time that you hear yourself saying, "I'm trying," I want to grab you and go, "Dude!" And it like grab onto the fact that you're not trying it. You're doing it. Yeah. I and like so, that. I just, I, it's, I guess, I like that word better now, doing, but like, I just did like, I love people, I like the attempts. I, because there's so many people it. who don't even do that. Right. There are right. people who don't write that screenplay, there are people who don't write that book, there are people who don't ask for the promotion, there are people who don't ask for that week off for vacation. You know, like, the people don't that, say to the other person, I love you. Yeah. Like, why don't they do that? <laughs> it's just like, I love that. That's why, when I think of try, I mean, like, it, I guess you're saying it as the same, it's doing, but. I love that people who do. Right. Because that's so much more than so many people who never do. I know, but everybody can do. Yeah. It's just like a matter of fear. I think we're, we're so scared. Uh, not anymore. We're fearful. It, it's, I'm I get not. it. I'm, I'm not. I sympathize not. with a lot of people. Well, but the thing is that, that you and watching your life and seeing your life and your journey, and I've known you for a long yeah. time, and I look at you and you're a fucking model, dude. Well, I because mean, like, then the other thing is like, when it ultimately comes, and this is harsh too, like, I was like, if you're done, here's the rope. And that's awful, but like, right. I do think that way. Like, if you're done, let's bring it to acting even. If you don't wanna act, if there's, you wake up and you're like, wow, I'd be a better veterinarian, CPA, teacher, do that. Right. If everything else is making you miserable. Right. Otherwise, here's the rope. Bye bye. Right. You know, wants to do and that? that's so cruel of me to say or no, harsh. No, I get it. But I'm like, there's so many other things you could do that could make you happy. Right. Do that. There's so many things that do make you happy, not can make you happy. Yeah. Do make you happy, and you need to grab onto those fucking yeah. things. So for me, for my career, it was just a matter of like, then do it. Right. I left school, U of I, to go to Roosevelt because I knew that that's something I could do right. to achieve that goal of auditioning for that Taco Bell commercial. Right. Because I wanted a Taco Bell commercial. Right, I get it. And, and there's nothing wrong with a fucking Taco Bell exactly. commercial. Exactly, and so like, there's the idea of like, I did it. You know, I, 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 even certain friends like, who also don't like, you should be acting every day. Whether or not you're getting paid for that acting right. or if it's a class not or it's a mission. You could be acting every yeah. day. You could. You could be doing a monologue, you could right. be doing class. Right. And so it is that idea of like, do. Okay, good. Let's stop there. Very good. <laughs> thank you, Dave. Oh, thank you. Today's episode was sponsored by GoDaddy. Thinking about starting a new website? GoDaddy is offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. Go to GoDaddy.com and enter the code ADDCOMEDY at checkout or click on the GoDaddy banner on our website, ADDCOMEDY.com. Hello, ADD Comedy Podcast listeners. Dave Rosowski here. First off, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. And second off, if you've ever wanted to take a class with me but thought, gosh, I don't think I'll ever be around where David is, know that you can now take the virtual class at iActing. Just check our website out and there's a link there. Click on that link and that will set you up. You gotta do a little hunting, but I think that it's well worth it. We'll hear you in your ears. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrosowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.